pastime on Knights of the Round Table. After being asked by old Mrs. Hinkle to check in on her cat, four unsuspecting teenagers find themselves trapped in an abandoned house that was once used to film the 1950s TV show Hinkle's Haunted House. Now, they must enter four rooms and free the spirits inside in order to open four mysterious locks on the door at the top of the stairs. The first room left Rebecca with the power to create any image she imagines, yet she herself is also trapped as an image with no physical substance. In the second room, Brayden gained the power to control water, yet he lost the ability to breathe air. Now in the third room, Drag has just opened a leather satchel next to an original copy of the book Peter and Wendy. Do you believe in fairies? Find out what happens in the final chapter of Hinkle's Haunted House! <laughs> glass dome with one hand and grab the satchel with the other and then I'll put the dome back so as soon as you grab the satchel you lift up in fact you lift up kind of quick ah! and the because this is very surprising you start to rise up towards the ceiling you drop the glass dome and that falls down on the ground and it shatters and you also drop the leather sack and these little tiny lights quickly moving fairies just stream out of this thing as drag you are drifting up towards the ceiling hey check out these ugly giants you stink like old people you don't even have a facial hair <laughs> but you can't wield the sword look at them I bet they're in love <laughs> one or two of them like zip through your body Rebecca uh, they've never even kissed <laughs> again very unsettling that one has pimples <laughs> Brayden and Cece, a few of them, like, zip up to you, and you feel like a sting or a slash or like a bee sting. Ow! Ow! <laughs> what the hell? A letter jacket, MV, what's that stand for? Mostly virgin? Mostly vegetarian? <laughs> oh, yeah? Well, I'm going to shoot some water at you. <laughs> oh, that one's wet. Meh. <laughs> So, Brayden, you find that you can, like, kind of shoot water. So you can pull out water and, like, uh, it's hard to, like, hit one. But, like, after you're, like, throwing water all over the place and one stream of water goes through Rebecca and one, like, hits Cece and she gets wet again. But uh, after a few tries, you are able to, like, hit one of them. And it's, like, you know, it gets, like, knocked down. It's, its wings are wet. So it gets, like, knocked down to the ground and it can't quite fly. And you're able to kind of see with it staying still but it's this like tiny, like two inch tall person that has a little like needle sized sword and, and wings. And it is, is like emitting ah, light. Careful about that when he's squirting. Oh. <laughs> I'll go by and uh, pick him up. Ah, uh, humans are so oddly proportioned. Look how long their legs hey. are. <laughs> so he's like, his wings are like, kind of like sagging and, and, and uh, 
hanging down a little bit. He can't quite get, he tries to like get some lift and he can't quite yet. Uh -huh. The rest of you are still getting stung. The rest of you that are solid. Drag, you are getting stung too. Uh, let's go back to you. I'm gonna try to drop my hammer on one of them. Yeah, you hold out that hammer and you drop it and it doesn't drop at all. It just floats there with you. <laughs> um, and then you're you're still like kind of like drifting up towards the ceiling and you hit the ceiling and you bounce off of it. Oh man. And you kind of like, you don't hit it like really, really hard cause you weren't moving that fast, but you kind of like bounce off the ceiling and react to it and end up kind of like drifting down towards one of the bookshelves. Uh, oh. <laughs> oh man, I'll try to grab the bookshelf. Wait, wait careful. You might make that float too. Oh, look at this one. She's a little princess. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> she never even been to a castle. Why are you being so mean? We didn't do anything to you. Why are you being so mean? Why are you being such a girl? <laughs> okay, now that's just misogynist. Drag, as you like drift towards that bookshelf, you're able to like grab onto it. Do you want to grab your hammer before it drifts away? Yeah, let's do that. Hey, All right, so the hammer is still solid. You have it, and you're drifting towards this bookshelf, and you're able to like grab onto it and hold yourself there. Girly, girly, come here. Come closer to me. Come closer. Look, I am very small. Come here. Come here. <laughs> <laughs> he um, grabs a book from the bookshelf and tries to, like, whack one of them. Nice. Sure, okay. roll athletics. 12. Oh, squish. <laughs> I will take one for yeah. the team. <laughs> yeah, he's squished. And he's, like, you, like, lift it up, and it's, like, you know, he's squished. He's not, he's not oh coming back. Did you just murder a fairy? <laughs> I didn't mean to. Right, and the one that you're holding that was like wet and not able to, to fly quite yet takes his, his needle-sized sword and stabs it into your hand. Um, and you kind of like flinch and like flick him and he's able to like get aloft and, and fly Take a little bit. Although you can still boy. kind of see that he's not moving as fast as the others. Ow, ow, ow. Drag is gonna yell out from the bookshelf. Hey man, keep killing them. I, fairies aren't even real. I, I don't wanna kill them, just listen up, okay? I'm gonna keep soying this thing. If you guys don't start behaving, okay? I've got a lot of pent up aggression <laughs> and strength. You know what? <laughs> you fairies are nerds. And I'm gonna say that with the intention of making them all look like the most pimply, aggressively, like unattractive, wimpy, nerd looking fairies of all time with my ghosty powers since I can't touch anything. They do look like that. They're ah! very nerdy and pimply looking. Why is my waist uh, so high? Ah! <laughs> <laughs> are these glasses that have the tape on them? They're so tiny. I get that off me. <laughs> but they're still flying around and they're still stabbing you and uh, they're still Well, like, but I hope they feel really insecure. They do, they do a little the bit. <laughs> Drag's gonna yell, I don't believe in fairies. Yeah. Any effect? I don't believe you either. The, it, the not believing in them does not, they don't seem to be phased by that. Man. The book Peter and Wendy is like drifting up towards you. It is also floating and like floats up towards you and uh, you can see that it's open to that page That's not how it goes. <laughs> uh, where Peter Pan is saying to, is, is like beckoning the audience to, to clap. Oh man, maybe we got to do the opposite of what I was Rebecca thinking. Rebecca tries to clap, but her hands just pass through each other. Yep. <laughs> no <laughs> contact. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'll let go of the, of the bookshelf and... <laughs> 
Yes. You start clapping, and uh, some of them around you like stop, and you as to like let go of the bookshelf. You're kind of like spinning and twisting through the air. But as you clap, the ones around you like stop and stare at you, drag. But some other ones are still like zipping all around. Yeah, man. Look, there's like proof that they're real, cause like I'm flying, and you can't do that without fairy dust, right? I believe in fairies. I also believe in fairies. Clap, clap, clap. And then the ones around you, or the runs around Brayden also freeze and stare at him for a minute. I believe uh, too. And so does Rebecca, and I'll clap for both of us. You clap really hard. And so now all of them are like stopped and staring at you, and the door opens. And things are at peace for a moment. So we, we should go. And then all of the fairies fly out the door. Oh, that was so rude. <laughs> and uh, the door's open, and you're in the library. This room does not smell like arsenic in the other room. Drag is bouncing off the ceiling. Drag, uh, you've got, so you're still flying. Yeah. The book is still floating around there with you. The leather sack is on the ground. And uh, kind of like you kind of go through like, oh, I can fly now. I can. And you kind of like move yourself, try to like Superman yourself around and realize, no, you're more just like weightless. <laughs> you're more like like an astronaut in space where like you can drift towards something and like push off of it. I'm going to try to push off very lightly from the ceiling in the direction of the of my tangible friends. No offense, <laughs> Rebecca. And then and I'll say, hey, man, someone catch me here. Take my hand. Yeah, so I'll grab the okay. book and then do that. All and right, then I'll... so yeah, you like grab the book on the way down, and Cece like catches hold of your hand and kind of like pulls you down, but you don't stick to the floor. You're definitely weightless. Oh, Cece, you're gonna have to just uh, keep holding on to me, because like otherwise I'll float away, man. Yeah, that's fine. I have really good biceps because I lift books all day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> as you do. Rebecca, uh, sidebar over here. Yeah, we're picking up on that, right? You're, are you picking up on this? Yeah, I'm picking up on it. Like, yeah. like it's subtle. Yeah. Like it's subtle. Yeah, I know, right? Cece is definitely into me. <laughs> totally. Definitely. Keep an eye on that, okay? All right, next room. <laughs> Wait, man, let's go. Uh, let's go go over to the locks. So you head out of the room and you have to pass in front of that door to get to the last door that is on the other end of the hallway. The main thing that happens when you're out, when you walk out the door is all of, well, not all of the fairies, but you see a few fairies like buzzing around out there and still like laughing and (laughs) taunting a little bit. Oh, you think you're going to get the door unlocked? (laughs) As you walk down the hallway, like uh, one of the first person to go, like, uh, let's say, who's the first person to go? Yeah. (laughs) Rebecca goes first and she doesn't have any problems. But then Brayden, like you, you like your toe, like scoots under some sort of like a little like twine or something. And you trip and fall down on your face. What the? Watch out. (laughs) And you kind of like look back there and like pulling this like on one side of they've like pulled tried tied a piece of like twine or something to the banister on one side and then like two fairies are just pulling it tight on the other side you fell for my (laughs) twine trip (laughs) and they just like drop it and fly off laughing at you 
Um, All right, that's it. I'm going to try some more squirt gun action. <laughs> I'm going to ha- grab or attempt to grab. I will pull I will pull lightly uh, on CeCe's hand so that I can get a little bit lower towards the ground. And I'll try to grab that leather pouch that had them. In the library? Yeah, before we leave. Yeah, so like feeling that, like you have a sense of like it's it's the pouch. Like the book is not particularly special. Like it's the pouch that you touched that you drifted up and, and the pouch that these fairies were in and the pouch. You also kind of like sort out the kind of like, oh, fairy dust makes you fly. This is where the fairies were. And so you're pretty confident it's the pouch that was the magic item. But it also is a pouch. You can put yeah. stuff in it. All right. I'm going to hang on to the pouch. Put I'll place the book with as little momentum as possible on the desk so that it hopefully just stays there. So there's one door left. Braden just fell on his face, kind of struggle back up there. These, uh, you kind of like look around and scan for more of these stupid little fairies. You don't see any visibly, which is a little bit unsettling because you know they're out there. Um, you do notice downstairs, standing like right on top of the like split and broken floorboards back there, is uh, Hinkle looking up at you with kind of a like fingers together like, very good, very good. One door left. <laughs> so you're just gonna stand there and watch us struggle through this? Like that just seems really cruel. And as you say that, like the cat hops up on the banister and jumps down onto Hinkle and like slashes his face, like Whoa. claws him. And the cat, like, being a cat, lands clearly. And, like, as he gets, like, clawed, he disappears again like he did before. And the cat um, lands on the ground and goes back to being a chill cat. (laughs) (laughs) Nice kitty, man. Do we think the cat is good? Like. I do. I do. I do now. I want to see if I can. Can I turn myself into, like, a ghost cat? You can make yourself look like a cat. Okay. Ghost cat. <laughs> I'm gonna cat myself, and I'm gonna go over and kind of like see if I can cat it up with this cat and like get a read on the cat. You know, I just want to cat it up. So you look like a cat. Uh, you're still like physically you, even though you don't have substance. So it's kind of like a turning your making yourself look like something so small is very weird because you still have the sense of being you and you have to walk down the stairs in like human shape but you're visibly also like kind of like puppeteering this cat image which doesn't quite like work (laughs) you're not able to quite like move it the right way so it kind of like goes through some of the stairs but you like sort of approximate the cat movement that's creepy man yeah it's like playstation one animation So you're able to go down there and kind of, like, be a cat around it. Um, I'm just trying to, like, my intention here is, like, I'm trying to get a read on whether there's, like, sentience to the cat and, like, if the cat, like, actually knows what's up or, like, I'm just trying to kind of connect with the cat. Roll insight. Oh. That's a 10. You definitely have a strong sense that, like, the cat's not your average cat. 
Uh, it definitely has some sentience. It doesn't let you get especially close to it in just that way the cats do. Like, you come close and it doesn't really want to be pet and it just, like, moves along. It hops back up and on the banister and is up to the stairs. But, like, you definitely have that, that strong sense of, like, this cat is more than just a cat. More than meets the cat. Wow. <laughs> All right. I'm going to just, like, abruptly go back to human and go back upstairs. Yeah, and as you do, as you walk up the stairs, it like hops back down again, so you can't like get in like touch distance from it. And then as you walk up, and as soon as like nobody's directly paying attention to it, it like casually walks up the stairs. It's definitely in. I'm not gonna let you touch me mode. That darn cat. <laughs> and there's still that one door up there. I think we should go through the last door. It seems like our best bet of getting out of here. You think you're ready for whatever this is gonna be, CC? Well. I have an idea of what it might be, and I'm hoping it's not that, but you guys have all gone through it, so I have to go through it, too. All right, man. Well, I'll hold your hand through it, because otherwise I'm just going to stay here floating in midair. Yeah. <laughs> I've had the time of my life. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. That song's copyrighted. You got to pay royalties on that. <laughs> it's furious. No one can stop me. <laughs> Jesus. So you enter you enter this last room on the far end of the hall. This room is creepy and dark. It looks like maybe like a study or something, but it's mostly very, very dark, and the only thing solidly lit is a large table in the center of the room with five chairs around it, and there's a crystal ball right in the center. The oh. fortune teller person you saw in one of the clips is seated on the chair that's like facing you as you come in. And there's there's four other chairs there. She beckons you towards her. I've been waiting for you. Come sit, sit down. You must be tired. Sit down. Gather around. Let me help you. Is drag just going to hover over Cece like a balloon? If she if she pulls me to a chair, I can like pull myself Hold down on to it. it. Yeah. Okay. Cece <laughs> so like pulls him over, and he's like bouncing a little bit like a balloon. <laughs> Whoa, man! You can like kind of like wedge the chair in, push the chair in tight, so he's like wedged under the chair yeah. and, uh, between the chair and the table. The, and the, uh, thanks. The fortune teller is like trying to start, but the, all the little chair scoots keep interrupting her. Like, I see you. <laughs> I see, uh, I see. Uh, uh. Well, for the record, uh, I can't even scooch a chair, so ain't me. Yeah, you can possession yourself in a chair, but you're not like seated and rested in it. I see you've had a tough time so far, but your journey is almost at an end. Let me help you. I can see some things from the other side. I see things. That might be terrifying for you, but these are these are walls you need to cross through if you are to finish your journey. Okay, if we have to see it, then show it to us. Look into my crystal ball, all of you. All of you, look, take a look. Vision into my crystal ball. Huh? Uh... And and her uh, her uh, her head goes back and her eyes turn white and kind of fog up as the crystal ball fogs up 
and uh, fills. And then this visible fog uh, kind of pours out of her mouth and starts filling the room around the table until all you see is this kind of just like uh, fog vapor sort of floating up in little tendrils um, and then this glowing uh, crystal ball in the middle of the table. That was gross. You are one that plays athletically, except you are afraid of being alone. If you are in a locker room, Brayden, what happens when everyone is on the field, but you are trapped on the bench? <laughs> <laughs> what you talking no about? No one is with you. <laughs> no one will be with you in the end. Brayden, you suddenly experience, like, at first, like, there's nobody in the room with you. You're just, like, seated all alone at this dark table, and there's no one, and it's completely silent. And then you experience yourself, like, in the locker room, completely alone. Nobody's there whatsoever. You have the sense that everybody else is out playing. You're not playing, and you're by yourself. You have to face this fear alone. No, no. No, I don't want to. I don't want to. It's too hard. Rebecca, my sweet. Mm. You are so talented, so forthcoming. Thank you. You will fall ill to the sickness. You cannot keep yourself clean forever. You have eaten something, you have touched something, and it will overcome you, and your body has to fight it off. And Rebecca, you have an image of yourself uh, first at the... uh, You are in a drive-thru of a fast food place, and you are singing, which is something that you remember really happening to you. You're singing uh, La Vie Boheme, uh, but you've never told anybody about this. And like, as you're singing and rocking out, you accidentally drive into and crash into the fast food window with your car. <laughs> I didn't mean which, to do it. <laughs> which is all a real thing that did happen to you. And it's actually why you're doing community service at the at the retirement home. But like then this vision like goes weird because you like crash through the wall of this fast food place and the food is in there and the food like comes to life as objects and and all of the objects you know have like germs on them and there's like food poisoning and they're like eat me you're gonna eat me and then you can like you can see the germ saying like eat us you can have more cholesterol here we'll make you (laughs) freemasons run the country (laughs) i'm a jalapeno popper (laughs) and so Cece and Drag, you're now looking at like Brayden freaking out about I don't want to be alone and Rebecca crying like this saying, I don't want to eat you. Go away. Uh, my big moment. I'll get I'll get phlegm build up in my throat and then I'll never be able to belt like Idina Benzel. What is happening to them? I don't know, man. Brayden, man, you're not alone. We're here with you. 
I'll always be with you. We've been friends since second grade, man. Rebecca, you'll always be a good singer no matter what. And even if you can't sing, you still have your facial expressions and acting skills. Douglas. Uh, yeah, man. I always like that name, Douglas. I have to tell you something. The government is run by frogs. <laughs> no, I knew it. Secret I knew that. underground, no. the Pentagon. They are pulling the switches with their long, slimy legs. No, man. The you mucus is them, controlling man. the inner system. The judicial system is always controlled by toads and frogs. No, man, you can't trust an amphibian, man. And Drag, you have a vision of like you being at home and there's a knock at the door and you open it and there's two frogs and they're wearing like <laughs> secret service stuff where they have like dark glasses and black suits and ties and they have the little thing in their ear. This is ridiculous. <laughs> And they want you to, they, they've, they, they tell you they want you to come with them. No, man, I can't, to. no. Can't trust the government, man. You're probably over 30, too. And one of them, one of them flashes its ID, and it's got a little picture of the frog with the glasses on, and it has, like, an FBI badge, and they're going to try to take you away. No, man, like wrestling no. wrestling you out the door. Uh, fly away. I'm going to fly away. You turn no, around, and there's flies. a horned toad with a suit and sunglasses on, and it's behind you, and it's leaping towards you. No! And then they're like strapping <laughs> you down to a lily pad and they're like trying to tie you up <laughs> there and take you away to government frog uh, prison. Oh man, I'm gonna croak for sure. Uh, drag? Thank you. So, so, Cece, you're now staring at Drag <laughs> and like what he's saying is real weird. Frog I don't want to go to Frogtonimo Bay. <laughs> <laughs> Cece, my poor little Cece, damaged as a child. The fire, it was so close. It was so trapping for you. No. It's no. gone now. The fire will not come back because you won't let it. And then the crystal ball bursts into flames in front of you. <laughs> ah. If you want, if you want your passion, if you want to be the dancer that your heart desires, to put on the fishnets, to have the glistening orbs in the sequence, to have the feathers, this is a very exciting dream of yours. <laughs> you need to reach out into the flames. Grab your destiny, Sissy. Stop running from your fears. Touch the flames. <laughs> if you want to be a burlesque dancer, you have to touch the flames. <laughs> and Cece, you have an image of not just like the, the, the ball of flame in front of you beckoning, but like you experience yourself with no one around with just like flames around you that are getting... Higher and higher and, and 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 just surrounding you completely and and it's terrifying and you're staring at this ball right in front but of you. But you're also dressed in this nineteen uh, fifties um, burlesque uh, like headdress with with <laughs> feathers and like uh, you know you've got this drapery on your arms that goes behind and it looks like this whole peacock thing. And it's <laughs> it's fab fabulous, but there's a it. flaming crystal ball. In 
which you recognize as <laughs> like the costume that you always imagined yourself yeah. wearing when like finally you're you were able to like dance on your dreams. Yes. You don't have to be the peacock that is not proud of who she is. Be the phoenix. It is okay. time to be born again. In okay. the flames and fire. It's the one costume I could never bring myself to make. I always kept covered because I thought no one wanted to see me. And uh, she takes off like the cape or the drapery and she throws it into the fire and she brings her hand slowly to the crystal ball and looks away and lets herself uh, touch the flame. So as you touch it, you grab it and immediately like the flame all goes goes out and the kind of like fog around the room begins to swirl and everybody comes back and everybody else's vision immediately disappears. Um, and the kind of like the smoke of this fire all around is like streaming around the room and gets pulled into the crystal ball that you're holding in your hand now. And then the fortune teller herself starts to like smoke <gasps> clears from her eyes and gets pulled into the crystal ball. Thank you. And she turns to you looking relieved. Thank you for doing that. And bless you. Goodbye. You, you are a good person. Oh, and one more thing. Don't release the fairies. They're a bunch of hooligans. <laughs> and then she turns into smoke and gets pulled into the crystal ball. So you're standing holding this glass ball looking at it and then like it fades away and turns into smoke and just sort of like blows away and then you're not holding anything. Uh-huh. Is everyone else back to normal? Yes. Okay. You guys are back. <laughs> Rebecca, it's okay. I don't want to eat the curly fries. You don't have to. It's just it's us now. The frog bi man, the frog bi is listening in, man. <laughs> no, we've just got the regular government to worry about. Oh, that's so much worse. <laughs> but as as uh, you you actually notice, uh, CC, that as you're looking to your friends, their mouths aren't actually moving, but you're hearing these thoughts, guys. And as you look back to as, as the rest of you kind of look back to CC, you see that her eyes have that like cloudy smokiness that the fortune teller had. Oh, man, Cece's eyes are even prettier than usual, man. Uh, Cece, you heard Drag say that without moving. It seems like you are hearing the thoughts of your okay. the three people in the room with you. Guys, I'm... And you think to yourself, that's weird. <laughs> and they all hear that <laughs> as if you said it. What's weird, man? The whole thing was weird. No, I... I think I'm hearing what's inside your head, so don't think anything inappropriate. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, no, too late! <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Uh, um, if it hadn't been for Cotton Eye Joe, I've been there a long time ago. Where did you come from? Where did you go? Where did you come from, Cotton Eye Joe? If it hadn't been for Cotton Eye Joe. And I'm like, just <laughs> thinking about a sandwich now. Sandwiches over and over and over again. Sexy it's sandwiches. All sandwich. Sandwiches, sandwiches, naked sandwiches. CC and sandwiches. CC holding a sandwich. Yeah. There's a brief like flash of like of like CC and I eating a sandwich from opposite ends, and then it comes back to a sandwich. <laughs> so like this is a very overwhelming sensation for 
Cece, which she thinks out loud, and the rest of you hear her basically say, like, this is a really overwhelming sensation. And after kind of, like, sorting this out for a little while, like, you don't really see the images unless you, like, really focus on somebody, but you will hear, like, a thought that's spoken in somebody's head kind of the way coalesced enough that, like, you could put it into words. Cece, okay. you're hearing those things. And okay. every time every time you think in terms of, like, hmm, maybe we should do this, like, they're hearing that from you. Okay. So have fun with that. <laughs> and the door is open. Okay. Let's just get out of here. The last room, right? Maybe we should go back to the locks. And Cece, you hear from somebody new, like, yes, it's right over here. The door's right over here. Let's get this show on the road, please. What was that? What was what, man? Are you hearing something, Cece? Yeah, but it's someone else. It's not one of us. But they're telling us to go through the door. About time. I've been here long enough. And they're being, like, really pushy about it. So you look around kind of towards the source of the voice, and what you see in the doorway is the cat. Ha. Oh, well, it's so interesting to hear you. Can you tell us your name? We've been wondering what to call you. Whoa, you can hear me? Yep. You can, like, you can, like, you you know what, what I'm thinking right now? You can hear Yes, you, I know what you're thinking right now. Oh, no, I hope you don't know what I'm thinking right now, man. That's not good. And then I'm going to go back to thinking about sandwiches. <laughs> sandwiches, sandwiches, sandwiches. And the cat thinks, my name is August Hinkle, and I got to get out of here. <gasps> if you're August Hinkle, then who is the August Hinkle that's been harassing us this entire time what? no i'm drag it's called pretorius or, or something it's a it's an evil sorcerer it's it's a long story but basically you know i used to have this show i don't know if you've heard of it inkle's house of horrors and i do this character this like inkle character and it started to sound like well like his stupid like he does takes it like totally over the top but when i do it it was like real subtle and creepy but like i had this big show and i'd go around to like garage sales and stuff and and like get cool things and then one day i got an object that was uh actually magic and um sort of possessed uh anyway like uh there's an evil demon sorcerer in it and that more or less brings us to you know here well, I mean, there was a short thing where, like, I got really popular, and he really helped me make this show. Uh, we, were, we, were, we were moving towards national syndication. It was pretty great. But then, um, you know, he tried to sort of, well, uh, tried to, like, summon himself back to life. And, um, you know, you know, you don't need the details. But, like, if we could go through that door, that'd be great. Okay. Um, thank you, Mr. Hinkle. Come on, guys. Let's go. Wait a minute. Why did you just call the cat Mr. Hinkle? Oh, right. Well, I didn't follow it all, like, but basically the cat is really Mr. Hinkle, and the guy that we think is Mr. Hinkle is really a demon, and they were in a, a show together, but then they had a falling out, I guess. And then Okay, he wasn't in the show with me, okay? It was my show, all right? Hinkle's Haunted House was me. And he was just like, you know, he helped me with some special effects and stuff, maybe. All right, so, like, he added the magic powers and the and the sparkles and, and uh, helped me find objects. But, you know, it was me. It was mostly the talent right here, August Hinkle. 
Okay, to clarify, it was primarily Hinkle's show, and things went awry, and now he's stuck in this cat body, and he wants us to go through the door. Hearing that the cat is August Hinkle, uh, Drag will push back from the chair uh, to, like, run over and greet him, and then, uh, obviously, when he does that, he will actually float up (laughs) and away. But he gets up to go greet the guy. Yeah, you can push towards him. Because you're like, you'll move in a straight direction. So you like drift towards him and then like past him and like into the. Yeah. Cece, maybe you should uh, ask this. We should make sure that this is actually who he's saying he is. Because remember, we were told Mr. Hinkle is not what he appears, which might be this cat, but it might be something else. Okay. Why don't you ask about his wife? Um, Mr. Hinkle, do you know where your wife is? What do you mean, my wife? Where's my wife? Is Judith okay? Yeah, she's fine, but she's at, she's in a home. Is that her name? I'm trying to remember. You, we didn't say earlier, but yes, her name is Judith. Rebecca and I have been taking care of her. She always talks about you. You got the name right? Yes, Judith. All right, let's go. Judith, you, you, you know Judith? She's, she's okay? You've, you've, you've talked to her? Yes, we've been taking care of her, but she's getting very old and... Old? Well, yes. I mean, she's she's quite old. She barely gets out of bed. No, no. Judith's 28 years old. No, that's not true. That can't be Judith. That must be somebody else. This is this is this is some kind of mistake. Mr. Hinkle, do you know what year it is? It's 1960. The year I did uh, the year that ended. It's not. It's, what year is it? It's 2020, right? Like we're in like in this universe, we're in yeah. That's a good choice. Okay. It's 2020. It's alternate 2020. Yes, it's 2020, the best year so far. <laughs> it's really, year really bad. It's been amazing. It's 2020. We we're here in California. Hillary Clinton has been a great president. <laughs> Things are going good. It's the 2000s, 2020 to be exact. Oh. All right. Let's go. And he just walks towards the the two big doors. Oh. I have pushed myself off whatever wall I floated past and am now floating gently back in the general direction. Of yeah, he floated past him, like, into the banister and kind of, like, bounced off it a little bit. And then you're, like, hovering above the, like, first floor area, just kind of out there. And you hover for a little bit until you can, like, get to a wall and push yourself off towards the towards the big door. Hey, uh, hey, CC, man, uh, you want to help me out again? Oh, yeah. She raises her hand. And he takes yeah. her hand again. <laughs> yeah. Reels him in. They're <laughs> 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 <That> holding hands! <laughs> <laughs> so there's two latches still locked, I believe. Yeah, I never unlatched mine. I will go up to the lock. Uh, what, do I feel an affinity for any of the individual latches? Yeah, yeah, the the third one down. All is right, it's some calling to you a bit. All right, what the heck am I gonna do with a bag? Uh, I will, I will touch the bag to the lock, the latch. Yeah, as you uh, reach out to touch that latch, uh, the latch just sort of like falls off and it starts to like float away, float up towards the ceiling. Oh, awesome, that was like, easy, man. You try to get it into the into the bag, and it just like floats. 
up. Cool. Um, Cece reaches out to touch her latch. Um, and when you uh, essentially just kind of like, so you touch it at first, and then you just sort of like think at it, like open, and then it does. And so that one latches open. These two double doors open. So these two double doors open outwards with a great big creak. And inside those double doors is clearly the studio. Hello, Knights of the World Table, and happy Halloween. Thanks for listening to part two. This has been a great episode. Thanks again to all the players. Thanks to Chris for doing all the sound effects and helping me out with DMing. And thanks to Tad Stones, my dad, for contributing uh, lots and lots of ideas to the creation of this. I mentioned in the announcements last time, if you like the kind of like cut down role playing format of not having all of the kind of magic spells and fighting rules and all the things from D&D and doing kind of this more like role play centric format, there's a lot of systems that do that. Like D&D is awesome and and D&D is owned by a company called Wizards of the Coast, which is owned by Hasbro, which is a massive corporation and they're doing just fine. So if you also would like to supplement your play by changing it up with um, there's a lot of other tabletop role-playing game systems out there and they're often you know they're all smaller than D&D but like they're often very small you can find them and they're funded by like kickstarters and stuff or sometimes just like you can download a pdf of the rules for free and learn it real quick and, and play it and try it out drive through rpg is a great site for browsing through some alternative stuff I asked actually on Twitter for like recommendations of other good systems that would be good to use for this kind of sort of format, and I got some recommendations I want to share with you. I know uh, there's a great uh, game format called Call of Cthulhu, which is uh, much more kind of like H.P. Lovecraft kind of spooky horror sort of uh, setting. There's also another game called Kids on Bikes, which is more sort of like Stranger Things inspired, like kids in like the 80s riding around on bikes encountering Spiel Bergian kind of weirdness. There's games called uh, Monster of the Week. Uh, Matt Messerman is a big fan of the Fate system that he suggested would be good for this sort of format. I also heard from a lot of people, I haven't played it, but there's a game called Ten Candles, which is spooky horror focused. And you start with like 10 candles slash like 10 dice. And like every time you roll, you have one less dice to use. And so the stakes get elevated until basically you only have one candle left and it sounds like a great fun format that people enjoy so check out any of those there's just a whole world of tabletop role-playing games out there to explore if you're into that and you have the time and interest anyway uh, also check out the uh, other podcasts in the geekly grind network comic book keepers and blake and spencer get jumped and if you have ideas for your own kind of geek centric podcast uh, let us know and maybe you too can get added to the geekly grind network everybody take care please vote it is time november 3rd is the election and we don't want to mess it up so do what you can make sure you know voting in your state and you know how to make sure your vote is properly counted happy halloween take care of yourself take care of each other and make life an adventure and inside those double doors is clearly the studio, the TV studio. Um, and so it, it definitely looks as if this studio was abandoned mid-episode 60 years ago. There's 1950s era recording equipment, 
cameras and things pointed at set and the set it's pointed at currently is an impressive looking coffin like very ornate and there's kind of like set pieces it's like set up to look like a, a crypt around it but it, you can kind of see behind it it's not like a real crypt it's not real stone they're like boards and things that are painted but the coffin looks like very very real and then inside the coffin is a very very fake looking skeleton and lights there's lights hanging from the ceiling that are on they're working and they're lighting up this set there's microphones around and some monitors and other recording equipment switches a lot of cables hanging around and uh that's the tv studio oh man this is the place this is where it happened i thought maybe this was gonna be the door to get us out looks um kind of tacky this would not go well if they were trying to get a taste badge (laughs) (laughs) listen okay sometimes stuff reads differently on camera all right you would understand if you were part of the industry so as all of you enter this studio the four of you walk in and the cat also walks in with you and the doors close behind you with a big thud um and one of the tv monitors which there are several one of the tv monitors lights up and on the TV monitor is uh, the black and white image of Hinkle, the man, Hinkle, who says, Welcome to Hinkle's haunted house. <laughs> and as he says that, like the lights flash, there's like a lightning effect. And you hear speakers uh, in the corner play rain sound. And then there's actually like a big piece of like metal that like, rattles itself it's like a sheet of metal and the rattling that happens of it um makes like a lightning sound makes like a lightning and thunder sound you notice over there in that corner there's a bunch of like foley kind of like weird things that are used to make sound effects on the stage come in come in says the hinkle on the monitor make yourself at home bring your items it's finally time and see, see, you hear the cat be the cat be like, see, he like totally overdoes it. That's like way too much. When I did it, it was like spooky. It was toned down. This guy goes totally over the top. It's ridiculous. Okay, well, how do we stop him? Oh, I don't know. Uh, this is about as far as I got. And then, uh, well, I, I kept him from finishing the first time, but uh, I don't recommend that way if at all possible. Finishing what? Listen, the first time he uh, he trapped three people in magic items, and then uh, I guess I was going to be the fourth person, but I, I stopped him by dying. Uh, so if you can find a different way to do it, maybe that. But when in doubt, if you want to throw yourself over that banister over there, uh, that might work. That might work, too. I don't, I don't think I'm going to take that option. If I'm being honest, I... I guys... Mr. Hingle doesn't know how exactly to stop the overdone Mr. Hingle unless we die. Well, listen, all right, this is this is all just a scene, right? And in any scene, you have to figure out your motivation. So let's figure out what he wants. 
And TV Hinkle says, I know how to stop it. Grab them. And uh, cables, all the cables that are like laying around, kind of like strewn across in like non-OSHA fashion on the <laughs> ground, uh, a bunch of them like whip up and start like wrapping around everyone's legs, trying to grab your like legs and arms. Joke's on you. I don't have any legs right now. Booyah! <laughs> Since I'm floating like a balloon, do I have an opportunity to like let go of CC and push away a little bit? Yes. Let's have everybody, except not Rebecca, because they do go right through Rebecca. Everybody can roll. You can pick athletic, stealth, or sleight of hand if you want to try to dodge away from these cables attacking you. Eight. Six. CC got an eight. Okay, so for the first one, Cece and uh, Drag, you're both... Eight. Wait, what did you roll? Eight. Yeah, Six. but what what skill did you use? Oh, athletics, sorry. Sleight of hand for me. Brayden, did you roll athletics? Athletics, yeah. Okay, so uh, Cece and Brayden, you're both able to like jump out of the way of at least the first cables that grab you. Drag, you are... Uh, one grabs you, and you dodge around it, but another one like wraps around your arm... And it, it binds you, but it's also like, you know, you're kind of, you're a kite basically at the yeah. moment. It's kind of helpful to like be able to like hold on to this to maneuver yourself a little bit. Um, but there's more coming at you. And uh, let's all, let's roll initiative essentially to see, to just break this down to like order of actions. Just want straight 2d6 roll? Yeah, just roll your 2d6. Create an order. 10. Drag got eight. Nine. CC six. So we'll just use that as an order to like govern this a little bit, but um, the the creature and the objects are not necessarily bound by any particular order. Rebecca, what do you want to do? I want to methodically walk towards uh, spook Spooky McBadGuy um, while all of these cords are whipping around and unaffecting me, and I'm going to say... Listen, you should probably let us go because if you don't, you're going to be stuck with me forever. And I've been practicing for Evita. <laughs> and I'm going to start singing, of course, the infamous balcony song. It won't be easy. You'll think it's strange when I try to explain how I feel that I still need your love. Ah, make it stop! Oh, gosh, ah, what are you doing? What is she singing? Don't cry for me, Argentina. Very powerful moving. She's dressed up. All right. Rebecca is is singing like getting getting deep into go don't cry for me Argentina and it's Braden's turn. How about this? Um, he wants to look around see if there's like a um, like a switcher or a control panel or anything that like everything would be hooked up to. Yeah, there's definitely like there's a sound panel uh, in one place behind the cameras and there's also like another panel with a couple of monitors. It looks like the cameras run into this like other table that some of these cables are attached to. There's cables between you and both of these tables and really all of the stuff. All right. I want to uh, see if I can uh, reach in my pocket and take out my little uh, survival seatbelt cutter tool and use the seatbelt cutter part to cut off the cables that are trying to hold me back. And why do you have that? Because it was in my dad's car. All right. 
So his one item is this like survival tool. So uh, cables are are still whipping at you. So roll athletics or sleight of hand to try to fight back against these cables. Ooh, it's gonna be athletics, and that's a nine. Ooh, good enough. So one wraps around your leg, but you're able to use this tool to cut it and get free and get to whatever object you want. All right, so I'll get to the panel there and where all the cables are kind of plugged in there. I kind of want to use the little seatbelt cutter majigger and uh, like cut, 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 cut all of them. They're not connected. Okay, so you're able to get there and cut a couple of the table cables in time. And uh, those cables that are like reaching for you, one of them's reaching for, reaching fruitlessly for Rebecca, it just falls to the ground and another one's reaching for you and you're able to to cut two of those. As you do that, some of the water from your helmet like uh, drops out and like hits some of those, hits the, kind of like the broken cable and it like sizzles and pops a little bit as the electricity hits the water. And uh, let's go to Drag. Drag, you are flying, tied to a cable, fighting against it, and you've got another cable coming at you. So make another roll to try to evade another cable if you want. Rolled an eight in uh, the sleight of hand that would stay an eight. So another cable comes at you, and um, that one you're able to like yank on this cable that's already pulling you, and that like pulls you down towards the ground, which dodges this other cable that just like launched at you. But you're also like being pulled more through the mass of the cables where this like image of Hinkle is, and the image of the like image on the monitor of Hinkle says like don't resist it's time there's nothing to do but fulfill your destiny and free me finally (laughs) so i chose freedom this is supposed to be my moment why is she singing (laughs) i i would like to throw my uh sledgehammer at the tv roll athletics for that (laughs) that's not gonna go well oh actually nine just like that macintosh commercial (laughs) So you toss that hammer and it hits the screen and the screen cracks. It like spiders out. When that happens, the image of Hinkle like dodges out of the way of it. And he like the way the like glass spiders out and shatters, there's like kind of like a big corner of the thing that is is not cracked. And so now like the image of Hinkle is like hunkered down just in that corner, kind of like looking at the crack concernedly. Cece, it's your turn. Okay, Cece is gonna throw her fork at the non-cracked spot where Hinkle is. Okay, um, as other people, as other people hear her think like, I'm gonna try to stab that glass with a fork. (laughs) That's not gonna do it, girl. No. (laughs) So would, would Cece be able to like pick up, uh, Drag's hammer and hit it again? Um, yeah. Okay, so Cece's gonna, like, clutch the hammer and, like, swing it at the television. So roll athletics for that. A nine. Oh, all right, so you want to aim for this that place where Hinkle is? Yes. Okay, so you pick up that hammer and you directly with your with your hand smash it into the the already cracked screen, and it goes right in. The whole thing, like, shatters and, and sparks and smokes and the TV just kind of like fritzes out. And uh, when that happens, kind of like the smoke that comes out of that like broken broken monitor coalesces and moves towards that like cheap looking plastic skeleton. 
and that plastic skeleton that it like enters into starts to get up and it's back to rebecca's turn who is still singing the truth is i never left you the cat to cc is like does she do this all the time does she do anything else well <laughs> she's just trying to practice you know and i don't think it's that bad <laughs> so i'm basically a ghost so I see that he's moving towards that skeleton and like animating the skeleton. <laughs> Girl needs a body. I'm gonna see if I can push him out of that skeleton and claim it for myself. So when you try to do that, when you try to like push into it, like you can go over there and like stand in the same spot, but you're only there. And the skeleton is kind of like getting, is climbing up out of this coffin so by the time you get to it it's like just outside of the coffin and you can like move into it but you're just like standing there where the skeleton is and you can also like you can make it look like you or things but like you don't feel like you're successful in like entering into it but also like as you're standing near this coffin you feel like almost like a magnetic pull towards the coffin in like a pretty unsettling kind of way what like by unsettling like like you're being pulled towards it and you don't like that at all and it's super weird because like you haven't felt pulled by anything since you became incorporeal like the fact that this thing is affecting like the water didn't affect you and the pixies went through you and you haven't felt in a significant amount of time you haven't felt anything affect your body at all and you're feeling like pulled into this coffin in a way you don't like and that will take us to Brayden's turn Braden's standing at this panel, dripping a little bit. All right, time to go water guns. <laughs> I'm going to put my tool away, stop cutting, and start uh, spraying these equipment down. So you start to, like, spray this equipment. Sparks arc, and it smokes, and, like, parts of things, like, a couple of lights blow up. Smoke rises out of that, and at the same time, you're not sure if it's, like, caused by this or not, but also, like, the doors fly open, and a bunch of pixies fly into the room. Hey! What's up, boss? How's it going? <laughs> oh, man. And the skeleton looks at the pixies and says, Gotham! And it no longer sounds like the, like, goofy, creepy, tinkle voice. You got it! But also, behind the pixies enters the stuntman. What was his name? Oh, jeez. Did you improvise that name? That was a really good name. Yes, I just... I just uh, what entering into the room is the stuntman followed by the makeup artist and the store and the and the psychic. Yeehaw, let's do this. Drag's turn. Drag, uh, make another athletics roll to dodge some more. Eight. Ooh. All right. You continue to successfully dodge. Uh, another cable wraps itself around the same arm that the first one had, but um, it's not restricting you too much more than the first one which you too can feel you feel it like trying to pull you towards that the coffin also where the skeleton mm -hmm. is but you're so far able to resist what do you want to do uh well first if i feel it pulling me towards the coffin i'm gonna say hey man something's wrong with that coffin push the skeleton into it and then uh, <laughs> and then i am going to i would like to try to fling myself free I would like to grab the now two cables uh, that are holding me and yank them in a, so that I'm pulled forward, like launched across the room. And I want to pull them as hard as I can and then immediately let go in the hopes that when I hit the end of them, I'll be able to yank my arm free. Okay. That is what I would like to try to do. 
Sure. Go ahead and roll survival for that. Survival. Oh, survival. Ten. My best roll yet. Wow. You do it. Yay. Oh. You pull against them and kind of slingshot past them. And uh, you are free of the cords for the moment, um, but also like launching in the direction you needed to go to get free of the cords. Yep. That's probably my turn, right? Yeah. Okay. Did that. And spread back to Cece. Now that all these characters have appeared, she's going to kind of like turn to them. Wait, were you the people that he trapped all those years ago? Yes, my dear. We were the first. We can't help you physically, but we can we can cheer you on. We can so we can totally, you know, kind of give you some tips as much as possible, but you guys are the ones that have got to figure this out. Okay. You got this, little darling. Thanks. You can you can figure out what what this guy wants, what this sorcerer wants. Just t- tap into his brain noggin there. Okay. So could Cece be able to read his thoughts? Yeah, that's a good thought that you have. And you are pretty sure you couldn't. Like, it didn't really occur to you to do that because I'm pretty sure when he was in the monitor, you couldn't mm-hmm. do that. But, like, you do have a sense of this skeleton's thinking. And so zeroing in on that, um, you hear it think, I must get all four into the coffin before I can take the form and come back to life. Finally, finally it will work after all this time. Guys, it's trying to get us into the coffin. I think we have to shut it before we're all pulled in. Rebecca, it's your turn. You are, there's sprites are all over the place starting to sting people again. Not you, you're cool. (laughs) Why can't I go through you? (laughs) I, I don't really know what to do. Hey, listen, how's that brush treating you? I mean, it's good for taking makeup off. I don't see how it helps here. Have you have you figured out what what the power is? Maybe I can make people be something else. You have the greatest power. We have the greatest ability. You know that? I mean, we can make anybody look like anything. And, you know, I, I know it doesn't actually like create something that you can touch, but no one else is going to know that. Okay, well... Think of something that they would they would really want, or, or, or that's going to confuse them, and... I'm going to point the brush at Brayden and make him look like... Make him look like Hankel, like actual human being Hankel. Alright, so you do that, you print the... You uh, flick the brush at Brayden, and he does indeed look like Hankel, and you definitely have the sense that not only can you make anybody look like however you want them to look... Oh, and by the way, darling, you have a, a wonderful singing voice, and you should really go for the leads more often. Thank you, right? Now go go cause some confusion with that wonderful brush of yours. Alright, we're moving on, we're bringing out the big guns it's it's time for idina (laughs) (laughs) so brayden looks like hinkle drag your turn you are free and floating all right you're up into when you've like flung free of these cables or you're like up into the like there's all sorts of stuff there's like rigging and all sorts of things up in the ceiling where you are there's lights and there's cables and all sorts of stuff up there so i'd be able to maneuver myself fairly easily up there yeah you could definitely kind of like swing Swing. Hey, check out the floating balloon! You're getting stung a fair amount by t- stupid fairies. I'd like to try to get the pixies back in the bag. I think I'd like to fly at them by like pulling myself on the rigging with the bag open 
in front of me and try to scoop them up and or do the okay. same as they're flying at me. Sure. Roll slide of hand. Slide of hand. Uh, nine. Ooh, good. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's pretty effective to do that. Uh, the, the They seem to be kind of drawn to the bag against their will a little bit. So, like, you start to be able to, like, when everyone comes at you, like, swoop it up and grab it with the bag. And they're kind of, like, in there. You can feel them, like, popping around, pushing against the bag. Not me, to jerk face. Cool. So you get, like, three of them that way. You have a bag of three pixies. All right. Not good. And uh, back to Cece. Okay, Cece is going to try and close the coffin. You are far from the coffin. You can uh, make a run for it and roll stealth to try to dodge out of the way of some stuff. Oh, no. (laughs) Two. Hmm. What happens is you, like, break for it, and then three sprites drag a cord in the same kind of maneuver they used on Brayden. They drag it right in front of you, and you trip (laughs) over it, and fall down on your face and three other cords um, leap out and grab you and then kind of like hey princess how was your trip (laughs) (laughs) and those cords start lifting you and dragging you towards the coffin Rebecca's turn so I'm gonna (laughs) manifest a bunch of sexy sprites to kind of like confuse them (laughs) of both genders because I don't want to assume or all genders all right, roll persuasion for your sexy sprites. Ten. Oh, very enticing sprites. Hey, let's go stab it up. What? Whoa, what is going on here? If they look like they're like going to follow them, I'll kind of take them out of the room. They do look like that. They look very willing to Hold on, boss. Them. We got to uh, repopulate the species, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, hey, hey. What are you I doing? Can... Come back! Where are you going? These are very attractive fairies. And... All right, hey, so the sprites on? all leave. Sprites are no longer an issue. Drag has three in a bag, <laughs> <laughs> and it's Brayden's turn. Brayden, you look like Hinkle, and uh, you've caused a lot of sparking and breaking of equipment. Uh, make another athletics check to dodge some more attacking cable equipment. Ten. You do. Another another cable leaps past you, and you dodge definitely out of it. And then uh, a, a second one goes at you, and you slice it right down with your very handy survival tool. Brayden's going to walk towards the skeleton with the fake hinkle in it, and he's going to say, Ha 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 ha! I'm back to my form, and I've won! So you can give up now! <laughs> yes. <laughs> roll, roll persuasion? Would that not be deception? <laughs> yes, that's true. Roll deception if they're different. Mm, they are different. Ten. All right. So what is your goal with this maneuver? <laughs> to make him think that he lost already? That Hinkle's back to his old self and the game is done <laughs> for him. <laughs> okay. So this skeleton looks at you and know that he is like no longer like attached to the Hinkle image because the TV was broken and he sees Hinkle walk up to him and he fully believes that this is the real August Hinkle. And so like, he's very like attention focused on you and says, ah, Hinkle, you, you, I guided you along the whole time. You thought that I was only your servant bringing you magic items, but it was I, you were my puppet. I was guiding you and now I'll enter one of these children's bodies and return, return and wreak havoc upon this world. 
So he's he's having a nice conversation with Hinkle and distracted, and it is Drag's turn. Seeing Cece being dragged towards the coffin, he's going to grab some of the rigging up near where he is, and he's going to try to fling himself at Cece to try to pull her out of the grasp of the cables, which is probably a terrible idea, but it's what he's doing. <laughs> okay, roll stealth for that. Stealth. Okay. Well, that's not going to work. That would be a three. Oh, no. Here I come! <laughs> so you launch yourself at Cece, who is being dragged towards the coffin with these cables, and you get to her, uh, but you're very tangled up in cables, and, like, you don't have really enough physical, like, weight to really do anything with her other than, like, hold on. So you realize that you really can't do anything to stop her. And partially by choice and partially because this, like, leap didn't go well at all. <laughs> the, like, plan as you hit her, you realize you don't have enough momentum to... You don't have enough... What would that force word be? Mm -hmm. Inertia. Inertia. You don't have enough inertia to, like, disrupt her path. Mm -hmm. You push off of her, which kind of, like, slows her and moves her away from the coffin, but it moves you towards the coffin. As you, you get near it, it pulls you in like a vacuum and sucks you into it, and all of you see drag just, like, pulled into the coffin and disappear as if it's like bottomless oh no man no drag and drag is gone oh cc it's your turn as you're pushed away and actually as drag like got to you he had like a hold of two of the cables that were pulling you in and he was uh -huh. able to like pull them off of you as he pushed himself away so there's only one restraining you okay can she try and, like, mind trick the demon by telling him not to think about his weakness so then he starts thinking about it? <laughs> <laughs> you want to think that at him? All right, so roll, sure, roll uh, a charisma skill for that. Would that be, I guess that's deception. You want to, like, trick him into thinking about his weakness? Eleven. Oh, so effective. He's already confused facing off against his arch enemy, the fake Hinkle that's actually Brayden. And you think that at him, and he thinks like, oh, I wouldn't want to think that I don't want to fall in the coffin myself. Oh, no. <laughs> so you have that definite sense that that would mess up things for him. And uh, also the real August Hinkle, who is in cat form, you also notice is like down at his feet down at his feet, kind of behind him. And Rebecca, it's back to your turn. You've successfully <laughs> lured away the fairies. Would I have any inkling that, like, he doesn't want to fall into the coffin either? Uh, no. Because I saw Drag fall into the coffin. And Drag did yell something about pushing him into the coffin earlier. Yeah, you would have that. You saw Drag disappear in there, so you definitely know it's, like, certainly dangerous for you. You're also feeling pulled towards it. I can't exactly push anybody, but I'm gonna, like, manifest a floating coffin that's, like, opening and closing, almost like closing, like, like almost like teeth in front of him to try to spook him into falling backwards. Do you put the uh, Pac-Man, like, waka, 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 waka sound at him as it perches? <laughs> <laughs> this is her turn. Back down, Matt. You fell into the bottomless coffin. Nothing out of you. All right, so you create a magical coffin to disturb him behind the hinkle that he believes is hinkle. Roll persuasion. No, deception. Roll deception for that. That's a 10. Two oh, fives. all right. So he stumbles back 
Raiden, do you want to assist by just shoving him or anything? I certainly do. All right. So he sees this coffin behind the Hinkle Braden and like stumbles back and also like trips over the cat who was like, um, that he didn't realize what was behind him. And he like his butt lands on like the edge of the coffin and he's like almost able to like steady himself. And then Braden just like shoves him hard in and he drops down into that coffin he drops he just like continues to drop down he just disappears again like it's bottomless and all the cables that are writhing around fall down the electrical equipment that was on and moving about and causing a commotion uh, shuts down and all is well for just a moment i mean not all (laughs) (laughs) drag's dead but that's fine so like there's a sudden calm is what happens for a moment but then the the images fall away the images created by rebecca disappear brayden doesn't look like hinkle anymore outside you hear the the sprites being disappointed that the (laughs) sexy sprites disappeared oh man (laughs) i was gonna get your number but where did she go and rebecca you have substance again and cc it's not as clear to you but you're pretty sure like things are suddenly calmer and you realize you're not hearing people's thoughts anymore and drag underneath uh so you kind of like find yourself suddenly like floating underneath the coffin and you drop down onto the ground and drag suddenly like crawls out from under the coffin as if he had just gone through just like a cheap prop trap door or something he like appeared under it and he's no longer flying but brayden you are once again uh, drowning by breathing this water that's on your head. Oh, 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 oh. Pulls it off, pulls off the apparatus. <gasps> so you spit and cough up a bunch of water. And again, there's a moment of like, all right, a moment of, of calm. But then that coffin starts to pull things towards it. And you all feel the pull of just like things getting pulled towards it. But more than that, anything loose in the room, which includes shards of glass and um, some objects that were used for Foley and, and some of the cables that were pulled up start like leaping up and like zooming into the coffin, which is pulling things in. But also uh, the spirits that are still there in the room, they start to be pulled towards the coffin um, but they don't look upset about it. They look like this is this is right. Drag, you're okay. Everyone's okay. Kind of. Yeah, th- thanks to you, uh, all of you, man. We should get out of here. Good idea. Yeah, so the spirits are all sort of like pulled into the coffin. They say thank you again as they're like, thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks again. Uh, y'all, y'all set us to rest. And they're pulled in there, but then, like, as this room is starting to, like, bigger things are starting to go. The, like, camera equipment starts flying in there, and, like, the room itself, like, some boards are starting to fall off the wall. The door is open, and you can see through the door that the front door exists again down the stairway. Hurry, or this whole house is going to collapse on us. Let's go, man. I can't get a scratch on my dad's Camaro. He won't let me drive it anymore. (laughs) And so all of you run down the stairs as the stairs are, like, flying apart and the banister falls off as you grab onto it and, like, the doors from the other open rooms are pulled off and pulled into the studio 
the walls are like falling away into the studio and being pulled into this coffin, which is like also like pulling up the floor of the studio, but the coffin is remaining stationary where it was as you're like dashing down the stairs and towards the front door. As you do that, like the more and more of the house, like it seems like all of those upstairs rooms are probably pulled into the coffin already. Um, and, and things on the bottom floor, the stairs kind of like as the last one of you steps on the stairs, those stairs are like being pulled apart right behind you and pulled up into the coffin. And you get down to the front door, you pull it open and all of you kind of just like tumble outside onto the porch and then down onto the grass outside of that. Oh man, that was, whoa. That was a lot. So you all jump out the front door and kind of like roll over and look back at the house. And like, you can see the whole house there, but you can see that it's starting to implode. So like, as you're watching, shingles of the roof are starting to get pulled inward and pulled down. Also, as soon as you jump out of the house, all your cell phones come back. Maybe not the flip phone. No, the flip <laughs> phone too. Oh man. <laughs> everybody's phone kind of like pops back on you get notifications you get like missed voice calls you get your friends sending halloween selfies to you you get like candy crust notifications and as you kind of like hear this buzzing uh cc your phone kind of like flips out of your pocket and as you pick it up like you accidentally like brush the voicemail message and a message starts playing and as you're like holding this phone in your hand and watching this house implode you hear a voicemail from darlene back at the retirement home hey cc it's darlene uh, look i was just looking at the logbook and frankly i'm pretty disappointed uh, i mean if you're gonna fake entries so you don't have to work you should try a little harder next time like, it's kind of weird that you two spent so much time with Mrs. Hinkle this morning, considering that she died yesterday. I mean, it's, you need to come see me before your shift on Monday. So, like, she keeps talking, but you kind of, like, drop the phone mm -hmm. and you're staring at this house. And in the doorway of the house, which is almost the only thing left of the house at this point, you see Mrs. Hinkle. And she's standing healthier, younger looking and she's holding the cat. And, and as you're watching her, she's smiling at you, and the cat turns back into August Hinkle, a very slightly less creepy. But she's still holding him and like petting him. <laughs> that yes. would be my marriage. <laughs> <laughs> we'll say yes. It turns back into a slightly <laughs> less creepy version of August Hinkle who stands down and stands on his own two feet, and they kind of hug each other and turn back and wave and smile at the two of you. And they close the door. And just as they do that, the door itself is flies back into where you can still see this coffin up there. It sucks in the door. It sucks in everything else. And then just like in an explosion of light, and it's gone. And you're just there in the quiet Halloween night on this now vacant lot of the old Oh man, that was super crazy. Braden's going to uh, begin to put his arms out like he's going to embrace Cece with his lips puckered and be like, <laughs> he walks like right past him, like brushing his broad linebacker shoulders and embraces drag. Oh, oh. Hey, man. 
Yeah. Return oh, the embrace. You, <laughs> you tried to save me and thank you. Yeah, Brayden, we're going to have a conversation about uh, the hero's journey and why this story has ended the way that it has. Of where this was headed. Oh, I think I get it now. And he again is going to try and do that <laughs> for on Rebecca. <laughs> she kind of shrugs and goes for it. Yay! Happy Halloween, Yay. everybody. Happy Halloween. <laughs>